The McElroy brothers are not experts, and their advice should never be followed. Travis insists he's a sexpert, but if there's a degree on his wall, I haven't seen it. Also, this show isn't for kids, which I mention only so the babies out there will know how cool they are for listening. What's up, you cool baby? It's familiar, but not too familiar, but not too Everybody and welcome to My Brother, My Brother, and Me, an advice show for the modern era. I'm your oldest brother, Justin McElroy. I am your middlest brother, Travis McElroy. I'm your sweet baby brother, Griffin McElroy. Dang, you just came right in there with that, Griffin. I like the authoritativeness, you know what I mean? It's who I am, and I'm done hiding it behind a bunch of qualifiers. Yes, Yes, I, you are the youngest brother. My name is Griffin, and I was I came after these two gentlemen. Yes, um, I was brewed up in the womb after these two gentlemen, and it's well, just womb a brew. It's yeah. a fluke, right? That I'm the youngest one. I could this, and this is what fucks me up. And I think about this sometimes. I could have been Justin. Do you but guys know what I'm saying? Like Justin, could, wait, then who would Justin be? I don't know, either you or me. Like, I, But do you Ooh. understand what I'm saying? Like, what if I was, well, I came together first and Justin was the youngest? It's just That's like a chance that it didn't, right? Like, I, am, I could be I Justin. I am okay trying. with picturing you as the oldest and Justin as the youngest. I cannot think of myself as anyone but the middleest. I'd love to have your youth, though, Griffin. Yeah. I'm so envious. I'm, I'm covetous of your youth. I'd love I, another chance at Do you guys ever think years. about the fact that I get the best of both? That I'm like mm, not the worse. oldest or the little or the like the littlest. Yeah, or not the, the smartest, not the most virile. Um, but I'm also not the least smartest or the least virile, right? No, like, you're just I'm, kind of you're just kind of there. You're just yeah. your virility is just yeah. not your virility Listen, charts. What I am, I'm the RPG character that doesn't get a lot of bonuses, but gets like right. plus one to everything. Yeah, yeah. but you could, you, you think like, he could be whatever he wants. He could be anything. Yeah. And then he doesn't. But yeah. then it's like, <laughs> where did it go wrong? Well, I, I don't yeah. think anyone has ever looked at me and thought he could be anything, but I think no. that they've maybe looked at me and no, thought- No, certainly not. He you could didn't need be, to clarify that. No, but I think people might've looked at me and thought, I bet he could be mediocre at anything. Like, I think sure. that he could be a pretty average to slightly below average lawyer, right? Sure. Like, so, so the king rolls up and he's like, oh, we need the most virile knight in the land. And I'm like, I got this one, guys. And I'll, I walk off. And then yeah. the, the queen comes up and is like, we need the most wizened sorcerer in the land. And yeah. Justin's like, don't worry, guys, I got this. Um, but then that's all the royalty that there is. No, but then, oh, uh, excuse me. But then perhaps a duke... Rolls up and says, I just, uh, I'm on a budget and I need a good kind of catch all night. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I am the one for you. Uh, I, I, listen, I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. Uh, I the, didn't kind of. Prin the prince is like, I need someone to carry my packages back from Ye Gap. Uh huh. Now you've oh. lost the, I feel like you lost the metaphor a little bit, Justin. Is that me? Because no. I am the strongest. Yeah. No, you're not the strongest. You just oh. are strong enough to carry packages. Justin's, from the strong, Justin's the strongest. Justin's the strongest? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Strongest, smartest, bravest, uh, coolest. Uh, My head is like uh, a shark's fin. 
Yeah, and I... I need someone to carry my light packages from the gap and half impregnate my wife. Yep. That's me. That's Travis. That can, I can Travis do both can of do those. that. But see, that's the thing. If someone said, I, I need someone to carry packages and impregnate my wife, Griffin would be like, I can do one of those. And Justin would say, I can do one of those. And I would that's say, I can true. be mediocre at both of those. Well, no, that's I could do, true. I could half impregnate twice. Because I'm fully, full, I'm Herbie fully loaded over here. I mean, yes, that is true. Go to the doctor. <laughs> what the fuck are we talking? I don't know. It feels like we're flying without a net a little bit. I'm loving it. I'm loving the energy. It's an exciting energy. It's an exciting time for no one. And uh, we hope you are hanging in there with just like the world and stuff. We got a, a big show for you today. We've never done this before. <laughs> this is strange. I, you know what? You fucking jinxed me. You jinxed me because I was like, this is just easy free flow conversation. And then you were like, it's a show. We're like, oh no, okay. If I'm fucking James Corden now. We got the McElroy house band here. <laughs> Let me hear you guys. You guys heard about this? Uh, <laughs> Denny's has a new special. This is the. This is a. Oh, it's time for it's time for doing Munch Squad, and uh, Denny's is doing a new thing. Uh, you guys heard about this? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Rosario Dawson. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, it's a big get. Hey, it's it's me, Jake the Snake. I got my big snake here <laughs> to do to do tricks for you. Animal expert Jake the Snake is here to show us his collection of, of, of reptiles. I've got yeah. three snakes. <laughs> One, two. Uh oh. Um. I'm into herpetology. I don't wrestle anymore. I got into actual snakes. Let's get into the advice. Yeah. We've waited long enough. This Monday, I came home from my first shift back at work since the start of the apocalypse to find that all my posters, about 15, had been flipped upside down. Hmm. I have three younger siblings and a friend staying with me this summer. No one will confess. How do I find the flipper or at least get them to anonymously write the posters that's from Poster Plot Problem in the Purple Mountains. Wow, this is an easy one. Um, flip them back over, and then when the person who did this ill-conceived prank sees that you have fixed it without even acknowledging that the prank has happened, they will feel a sense of shame that will be so heavy. It will be like a boulder has landed on them. There is nothing worse. The worst possible outcome to pulling a prank is that the other person is just kind of mildly annoyed by it and doesn't even like well, if you act like it made that. you sad... That's like that's great. Like it's that could be uh, cool. No, the worst uh, possible outcome to a prank is somebody dies. Somebody dies. Somebody every, oh, no, no, no. Okay, the worst possible outcome to a prank is everybody dies. <laughs> okay, yes, that is the worst possible outcome to everything. Yeah, sure. or every all life, just all life is extinct. Yes. Mass extinction is the worst possible outcome of a, a prank. prank. Yes, yeah. a prank. Yes. Oh no, I put a bucket of water on top of a door frame, yeah. and it fell and somehow cracked the earth in half. It fell onto a. A molten, yeah, right, exactly. You hit it in just the right way. The Earth's yeah. got a glass jaw right a- there. Ashton made Beyonce think she knocked the Christmas tree over, but it unearthed some sort of turbo virus. Uh, yeah, that like that's the worst possible outcome. The but I right behind called that, someone random dial number. It was Cthulhu. He right. got yeah. pissed. It was actually a nuclear launch code somehow. I don't know how that worked. Um, I, but right behind that is being embarrassed because your prank was just sort of like brushed off annoyance by somebody else. So just flip these posters right back over. Um, you're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. Next question. Uh, no, I, I will say there is an opportunity for a poster who done it here. 
Okay. And this could be a good like mystery to cut your teeth on as a detective because oh. everybody's always looking for that first big right. case. For Nancy Drew and her friends, it was when the uh, city girl's doll went um, missing at the slumber party and she and the other members of the Clue crew mm-hmm. uh, got together and uh, found the missing Hollywood Hallie doll. And of course, Encyclopedia Brown's first case was Bugs Meany embezzling, uh, and and Encyclopedia got him, got, got him. him. Got uh, him good. But what I'm saying is the stakes are very low here. So if you do fail to solve it, eh, you know, now you have a first case to look back on when you're like, you know, you, your close rate is 100, percent and people are like, ah, they always get it, they always get their person, and you're like, not not this one time. Mm. It's what haunts me. It's what drives me. And they're like, oh no, did like a kidnapper get away or like a murder? And you're like, a poster flipper. <laughs> and they're like, well, that's not so bad. And you're like, yeah, I know. It doesn't haunt me a lot. It just it's haunts just me a, a little amount. Just a little bit of haunting. It's just so it's just so low stakes. You have the opportunity here to dish out such a gnarly repost, such a gnarly little parry counterattack that like will completely I remember one uh um uh, April Fool's Day when we were young, I tried to do some pranks on Travis, who I shared a room with at the time. And like one of the pranks, I remember this very clearly, is I took down whatever calendar you had. I think it was like a nerd ass Xanth calendar, which hasn't aged well. And I replaced it with like your nerd ass Xena calendar. And I was like, gotcha, motherfucker. <laughs> and you were like, yeah, that's my Xena Travis only reads his calendar as far as the X at the very beginning. Right. So he didn't even notice. He didn't even notice. But really, this last 15 seconds or so was just me viciously dragging young Travis. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize. I mean, I'm embarrassed by Xanth because it didn't age well. Right. Uh, But I'm not embarrassed by liking things, Griffin. I enjoy things. I'm a fan. You want to list some other? I also like Supernatural. Uh, Oh, oh, you like? Oh, Travis, you you like but I didn't know you were a Supernatural fan. Oh, I hadn't mentioned it? Um, can I do a Yahoo? Yes, uh, I like that, I think. This one was sent in by lots of folks. It's from Anonymous Yahoo Answers user who I am going to call. Xena asks, do you... Sorry, Travis, not real. Oh. Do you miss the days when it was still popular to shop at Sears? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was a cool... Era when yeah, you I, mean, go- I I worked at a Sears. Worked yeah. At Sears. Wait, is that true? Yeah, at the Lands End Department, correct? In the Lands End Department. And then I, I would remember- say you worked at a Lands End that was eaten by a Sears that was sure. eaten by a mall. Sure. Um, and I'll tell you what, it was cool in there every day for a while. It was like I remember like I'd be there and like I'd look over and I'm like, is that Ray Liotta shopping in the Lands End department? And it mm. was, because it was cool to shop at Sears. And there's no one cooler than Ray Liotta <laughs> who I need to now make a point Just of order. A quick Google. Just make sure I know nothing can... about Ray Liotta, so if he's done some bad stuff, well, I take make it. Sure all he back. hasn't done Xanth himself. Uh uh Yeah, uh boy, Sears is a I never necessarily understood Sears because it's like where I went to get my inexpensive suit jackets for for Cotillion. 
But yeah. also, if we needed some new bedding and also some grill tools. Yeah. I don't necessarily love that all of that is in the same location. Sears is like the Travis McRoy of stores in that <laughs> they don't really excel at any one thing, except Land's End clothing. Right. That was sure, fine. That. Yeah. But like, um, it wasn't like, oh, who has the best fill in the blank? And the answer is not Sears, but if you're like, I only want to go to one place. Oh, good news. Good news. It's Sears. It's weird to be, I don't think, is Sears gone? Sears has got to be gone. If Sears ain't gone now, there's no way it's yeah. going to get through the unpleasantness. I mean, Sears is around, but like many Sears are not. Like Sears at um in Huntington closed in August last year. Wow. So it's been, it's been a little bit. Man, it was, I'm thinking about it though. It was fucking cool to shop at Sears. Right? I mean, the one in Huntington was next to the Quidoba and the Books of Millions, so that's cool. Yeah, because uh, you could get kind of like get us get a book to read and enjoy, get a snack of some chips at Quidoba, and then go get yourself a socket wrench at Sears and just yeah. have an afternoon, make an afternoon of it. That's a nice shop. That was experience. so cool. I cannot tell you how many times I have needed to buy the hot new. John Grisham book and fucking bust up a burrito and also buy a socket wrench and a webbed belt at the same store. And luckily that little corner of the mall always had my back, didn't it? You got to get that hot new socket wrench because you're like, I got this old busted socket wrench at home. It doesn't have all the new features. It doesn't have the new ergonomics. I, um, I did a quick Google to double check the date on the Sears closing in the Huntington Mall. And uh, I just I didn't want to say it. Google the Google Maps listing says temporarily closed. You oh, fucking go ambitious. for it, Sears. Fuck yeah, dude. You never know. You might be like, fire it back up. These people need washers and shorts. Let's go. Do uh, it again. Last time I went to a Sears here in Austin, I needed I did need a belt, and I went to like the dress clothes section, and they had just sort of a big metal garbage can full of belts. And huh. it feels like Sears is a lot of Sears's are just kind of making it up as they go along. It feels like Sears w- it always kind of has more stuff than it knows what to do with, and sometimes it dishes them up um, uncooked, let's say in a in a big garbage can. Did you try the Lands End Department, Griffin, to see if they had the Lands End Department was in incredible condition? Travis, Thank everything you. was. Uh, it, it was like a museum for outdoor wear. Yep that that was our motto. Um, fuck Macy's. The, fuck Macy's, though. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They're the same store. Um, they're basically. Um, I. You know, <laughs> nobody's making. Nobody's starting new department stores anymore. It's weird. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. I guess Amazon. Um, there was a quote in um. There's a quote in the the WCHS story, and I'm sorry to cheat on Rob Johnson by not talking about WCC. But in the WSCC story about the Sears one closing, they captured, they got, I got a quote from the manager of the Huntington Mall. Formerly Joe Johnson, our, our uh, uh, down the block neighbor, now uh, replaced with uh, Val Zinteno. And Val Zinteno, um, a human, <laughs> as he's always quick to point out to anybody who hears his name, <laughs> Val Zinteno says, Everybody knows Sears for good or for bad. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Drag him. Fucking get him, Val. Damn. Anyway. Anyway, how about another? 
It's a pretty, pretty sl- sick. Oh, fucking Sears. <laughs> Don't get me started. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I would love that. Uh, I visited my local CVS a couple weeks back. While there, one of the clerks asked me the name of the cologne I was wearing. I didn't know what it was called, but I told him I'd come back in a couple days and let him know. When I returned to the store, the clerk was nowhere to be found. I returned to the store about once a week since then, but I haven't ran into that clerk again. Does he still want to know the name of my cologne? How do I get this information to him? Should I just give up my quest? That's from CVS Cologne Conundrum. Um, it's we, it's before. It's weird that you don't know the name of the cologne that you wear. Presumably, you have to pick up this bottle every day, right, to squirt it on you. Right. It, that this may be an indication that it's time to practice some mindfulness in mm-hmm. your day to day life. Maybe stop going through the motions and and really read your bottle of cologne every day. That I would be step one. I don't think you should give up this quest because he wouldn't have asked if he didn't want to know. I right. mean, why would he? Why would someone ask something that they don't want to know? You know, like he clearly is dying to know the name of your clone, and it seems like you guys, much like the hit film Serendipity, are just barely missing each other. Mm-hmm. Um, until you know you reconnect in that magic moment, and you're like. Ah, ah, ah. It's just like a body spray. It's like an axe thing. It's like an axe. Oh, it's just oh, like, oh, oh my God, you're there. It's, it's fucking bod. I found an old bottle of bod and I'm wearing bod. Oh, thank God. It was pretty viscous. I, I had to a- scoop it out with a tongue depressor. <laughs> it didn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't spray anymore. It was it's all like gummed a, up. It's like a bod jam and it's, it goes on smooth. Um, Two, two, I have two thoughts that kind of dovetail into each other. One, don't tell anyone the name of the cologne that you're wearing. I certainly wouldn't because the last thing I want is other people out there smelling like me, you know, and like stealing my profile, doing whatever the fuck they want with it, robbing banks with a mask on. That, that masked robber sure smelled like Griffin, and then I'm in jail. <laughs> Yeah, But the other thing is that you always have the opportunity when somebody asks you what scent you're wearing to say like, oh, I'm not wearing anything, you silly. Oh, yeah. This is my pheromones. That's just that's just me. Also, it's <laughs> been a long time since I bought cologne, but I remember uh, that I would never tell anybody the name of the cologne I was wearing because I can't remember the last time I heard the name of a cologne and thought, that's a cool name of a thing to say out loud. Yeah. I mean, for a while, because I was a person in the 90s and early 2000s, I wore a curve. Uh, oh, and yeah. then for a while, I got bored because everyone was wearing curves. So I started wearing him <laughs> Bora Bora. Oh, oh yeah. Going oh, on a trip. Yeah. There's just, I don't know a cool name. Like, what you could be like, what, what scent are, what is that cologne? And you would say a word and be like, oh, that was a cool thing to say out loud with your face. Yeah. I mean, I did briefly have a stint where I tried on 23 by Michael Jordan when I tried out for the high school basketball team because yes. I was dressing for the job that I that I wanted. Uh-huh. Um, but I was terribly allergic <laughs> to, <laughs> to this scent. Did Michael Jordan start 23 in me? He did, yeah. And oh, originally cool. it was a sort of program where he would fly – uh, to your house, uh-huh. and he would show you some of his favorite uh, shots that he can take from like different oh, cool. places. And also, his, Jordan's, swab Jordan's, the inside of your cheek, but just cause. Yeah, that was just for him. 
Uh, Griff, do you have another Yahoo? I, I do have a Yahoo here. Um, and this one was sent in by uh, Emma Cant. Thank you, Emma, crushing it. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's another anonymous Yahoo Answers user. Put your fucking name on your work, Michael Jordan asks. Ooh, what a gift. Titanic was such an excellent movie that it's hard to critique anything about it. But what is something small <laughs> you would critique about it? I didn't like that the boat broke. When the boat breaks, it's like, what were you doing? Yeah, they you, spend this you, whole movie like getting us way into the boat and way into like the people on it, and then they're just like, twist, the boat I, broke. And you know and like, Jimmy Jimmy Cameron like spent a bunch of money building this huge boat prop, and then he accidentally broke it and was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, we got to keep making it. Uh. Because they talk throughout the movie a lot about how the boat is unbreakable. They're like, this uh-huh. is an unbreakable boat. And then they break it, and it's like, that's bad writing. Because like mm-hmm. you said it was unbreakable. You lied. You are an unreliable narrator. You said that the boat was unbreakable and then you broke it. That's like having a murder mystery where it's just like they didn't do it, but then they did do it. You well, know? you know that you know you know why that happened, right? Why? This is actually pretty well established uh hmm. Hollywood lore. I heard it, I think I heard it on Blake Check. Um he wrote like two thirds of a movie about these two people falling in love yeah. on the Titanic and he couldn't come up with an ending. And uh-huh. he's like, God, I've written so many fucking pages of this thing. Yeah. And then he's like, maybe, and then maybe what if the boat had sunk? And I was like, uh, are you kidding? He's like, no, but what if it had sunk? He's like, yeah. well, the, and everybody's like, uh, the Titanic was fine and is still fine to this day, shuttling yep. people back and forth. Right. And Jimmy's like, but what if it, what if sunk? it broke and sunk? What to if the it broke? And that was the end of the love story I did. I also don't like that. They don't end up together. It yeah. sucks. It, that, and this is my main problem with the movie. If I'm going to, and it's a fucking great flick and it's great like flick. impossible to critique it. But if I were to critique it, I would say that it spends uh, a great deal of time making me fall in love with all of these amazing characters. Yep. Um, like Jack and Kathy Bates and Billy um, Zane. And Billy Zane. And then like, most of them die and it's like yep. why did you just spend like two and a half hours making me like get to know kathy bates's character name only yeah. to kill her off i think maybe at the end of the movie that's a fucking great okay griffin you have actually hit on something it uh, fucking sucks pro- it's a waste unintentionally of time. you've hit on something because the two main characters jack dawson and rose uh should have been rose dawson yep. they should have gotten married should have gotten married on the boat. Before the there was, a, there was of... a captain right there. He, clicked. you know that. Um, it, it, real quick, I do want to just as long as we're, t- I want to get to my point. But um, Bill Paxton's character was named Brock Lovett, and that is that is one of the few characters who is a complete invention by Jimmy Cameron. So he's just like, what would be a good name for an undersea explorer? I got it, Brock Lovett. Well, he said the name is Brock, and someone said Love it, and he said, Love Yeah, okay, yes, perfect, exactly, good. Um, it's the. Titanic sucks because you're f- getting invested in those characters, right? Yeah. And then towards the end, spoilers, but towards the end, the boat break, yeah, and everybody sink into ocean and, and dies. That, that actually made me sad, right? And that yes. like it was so stupid because I want to, I I want to watch movie to feel good, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? But you actually. <laughs> you fucked up because it made me sad. Yeah. Why did you waste all this time? Wh- what they should have done, I'm going to fix it real quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What it should have done is if 
Leonardo DiCaprio had been a real dingus the entire time. Right. Like he kept like, <laughs> like you know, like <laughs> stuff like stealing <laughs> Rose's wallet yeah. when she wasn't paying attention and putting, uh, taking your dog and like throwing your dog overboard. Yeah. <laughs> just kicking Kathy Bates every time she's on, like just walking <laughs> yeah. out and kicking her yes, yes, yes. I love that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like putting out lit cigarettes in Billy Zane's bald head and, um, and he even doing all this shit. And then that would have kicked ass <laughs> because when she shoved him off the door, yep. you would have been like, Fuck yes, get him. Get and him. then yeah. she could have said something good. cool like, you know what? We're breaking up and shoved him off the door. And you're like, yeah, yeah, or how about yeah, this, yeah. Travis? How about this? How about where she's like, hey, you're dumped in, and then oh. as he sank, you'd be like, <laughs> nice. into the ocean. And it's like, you'd feel good. You yeah. would feel good and if he, they did that in and, movie. And, and yeah, he, hey, can I make one more note? Can I make sure. one more yes. note? I'd love to keep fixing Titanic okay. for sure. They're steering the boat, the captain's, and he's doing a great job. And he's like, I think I'm driving gonna, the boat. Well, the whatever. But he's proper. like, I'm going to steer it right next to this big iceberg so everyone can get a good look at the iceberg. And then maybe <laughs> there's like a clumsy crewman who, like, whoa, and he bumps the wheel. So and that's what makes it go into it. So it's like, oh, this was like completely avoidable if it wasn't for like clumsy Steve and like clumsy Steve like runs into the wheel. And then it, so it's kind of funny for a second. And it's like a big, like, <sighs> do you know, be really good. I, do you know what would be a fucking cooler? I want to fix it more. Okay? okay. Yeah. What if you cut down the stuff with Jack and Rose uh -huh. to yeah, about five out. minutes? Yeah. Of the movie. And I think in a, uh, <laughs> and, and I think uh, <laughs> we all know, know which five. Uh, <laughs> five uh, <laughs> oh, as long as we're there, by the way, uh, then when he was done drawing her, he should have said, now draw me. And hey, switch yeah, so places. His, his dick and his balls. <laughs> three. Yeah. Yeah. The, okay, so five minutes of it is that. And the other three hours and ten minutes is you animate the iceberg and give it like make it talk yeah. about all its hopes and dreams yes. and shit. Yes. And then when the boat comes, you're like, oh, fuck, no. Yeah. I <laughs> no, not the iceberg. I see the iceberg. He's about to get hit by a boat. Get out of the way, I see. And you'll just be screaming about that. They'll, those people will keep going. You don't give, give a fuck about that. They can all sink for all you care. Yeah. All you care about is like, is I see okay? And here's the thing about this version. He is. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's fine. He's cool. He's cool. Maybe so he doesn't happy. even notice. You feel happy about it. You like that. I think Can another I give one way more they, note. One they more could. Note? Well, let me do one because I haven't okay. gotten to tell a joke in a while. Okay. They also could have done. They could have had their cake and eat it too, where Jack's sinking into the bottom of the ocean and dying, and all of us are like, "Wait a minute, this movie's making me feel pretty bad right now." But then he wakes up on the boat, still not broken, and it uh -huh. was a dream, and looks over, and him and Rose just finished like hooking up again. Um, yeah. And yeah, they dude. get married, and like she looks at him and is like, you, "What's wrong, my love? It seems like you're having a bad dream." He was like, "I was, but now it's over." And guess what? And he holds up the uh, big blue diamond necklace. He says, "I got the treasure." Nice. And then that's the end of the movie. And then you know, like he got the treasure, <laughs> and gets like they're gonna have a lot of money whenever they get off the boat, and they're gonna I have a cool that. life. And they'll return in Titanic two, Titanic. 
That in the Titanic we got, which now I'm thinking about it, is a shit flick. It sucks. The yeah, more we really pick it, it, some it of opens, the loose threads. It opens up. The, I don't even feel feel like the cinema sins on this one went far enough because it's like there's some really bad ones. It, we start out with Brock Fuckett and he's like, "I'm gonna find the big treasure to get lots of money," and you're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, that would be fucking cool. I can't wait to watch this. I love movies about like finding cool treasures." And then you watch this whole movie thinking like, "When is the?" when's the treasure going to come to pl- come into play? And then they like tease at it a few times. And then uh, she is wearing it in the nudity uh, sequence. And then oh, like at the, mm-hmm. and then at the, and you're, the whole time, all these people die and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, is he, is Brock going to get the cool treasure or not? And then at the very end, she throws it in the water. No, thank you. What's Can the I add, point of this movie? I would like to add a little bit to that scene to fix it. Well, not to fix it, but just to kind of highlight it for a moment. Because I think she should, uh, well, she shouldn't drop it in the ocean. But if she does drop it in the ocean, her daughter, who is also there, should walk out and say, hey, did you just throw that priceless gem in the ocean? You have a family. You, you have a family. You could have given that to me, and that really would have helped, you know, our financials and stuff. I live in a I live in a crude tent that I fashioned together from those drawings of yours that you gave me of yourself naked. I have to live in a crude tent made out of naked drawings of you. Please, Please just stop. sell the neck. What the fuck? You've had that this whole time when Dad needed surgery and we had to do a GoFundMe. You had a fucking heart of the ocean. We but then she sold? says. But then she says, no, 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 look down there, it's a shithead whale. And you look down, and she landed it right in his blowhole, and he died. That's pretty good. Also, I named Jack after another shithead I knew that died also. Can I get one more note? He's been, he's been mad dog in our boat here this whole time, but don't worry, I took care of it. I have one more note, I have one more note. Yeah, please. I think they should have hooked up in a cooler car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, that old busted joint no, that that's they hooked up in that raggedy old uh, 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 car that they had was, what was absolutely been, embarrassing. I'm picture this: a sick like Firebird, like oh yeah, like oh with the top down, and maybe they're blasting like some Eagles music while they're like doing it. Travis, mm-hmm. look out above! Fucking Oscars are falling off oh, of you. Jesus. <laughs> oh my god! And what would be dope is like when the hand comes up and like slaps the window and wipes some of the steam off the window of the Bugatti that they're shagging in. You uh-huh. see now through the cleared window, Kathy Bates is just like looking in there, like, <laughs> great. Oh my god! That. I just got a t- I got just got a fax from Jimmy. He said Justin would love for you to walk through the beats on Av Two. Yeah. See, right. see, make sure I'm thinking about delaying it just so I can really crack this nut water. Cool. Make sure. Okay, what if Avatar Two that. was just a sequel, to, like a backdoor sequel to Titanic, where they mm. got in there and it was like a no, VR I, session? Stop it! Avatar is a perfect film. Never seen. It's it. not a piece of shit like Titanic. Avatar is perfect. Yeah, because it's bad. Uh, it's bad. They have badass fights and it makes you feel good at the end of it's it. It's weird. I think we it's don't... time for a Titanic reboot. The good news is because of our uh, incredible fortune in becoming Jimmy's uh, sort of dudes behind the scenes pulling all the strings, we no longer require the money from our advertisers. Correct. That's wonderful news for us. Yes. Uh, and it's also wonderful news for uh, the, this week's charity that we've selected. Yeah, this week we are donating our ad revenue to the Foundation for Black Women's Wellness, uh, which is all about supporting and uh, advocating for uh, black women and their families during, uh, well, especially right now during the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, but is all about, uh, you know, supporting those families and keeping them safe and healthy all the time. So 
You can read about it. We'll have a link to that in the episode description. Perfect. Let's go to the money zone. I want to talk about honey. Um, I love the uh, stuff. Comes from bees. Don't get people confused. Honey is an online service that uh, you you plug into your web browser, and when you're shopping online, you're about to check out. There's a little little honey pops up. It's like, hey, can I save you some money real quick? And you're like, um, sure, I I guess. Uh, and and that's honey for you. And, and um, are you sorry. reading this ad copy? Is out of control. I'm reading the ad copy now, and that's what threw me. Okay, so this is the fucking ad copy for Honey. In case you need, okay, it saves you a lot of money when you're shopping online. You should absolutely get Honey. But listen to this. This is the ad copy that they sent to us. Only one sponsor could properly ring in 20 Honey. Honey, the free online shopping tool backed by PayPal that gets straight to business by automatically finding the best promo codes when you shop online. Just download Honey, shop like normal, click apply coupons, and watch the prices drop. Outstanding. Uh, Outstanding. Thank you for your inspiring work, Honey. Um, The, uh, 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 I don't like direct addressing Honey. It makes me feel like a sleazy boss from the 60s. Um, But anyway, I uh, have had to buy a few tools lately. When I have been uh, uh, checking out, I've used Honey, and I've saved uh, like 50 bucks just this week. Uh, via Honey, you're just losing money if you don't use it. It's it's free. It installs in seconds. It's super easy to use. Just go to uh, 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 joinhoney.com slash brother. That's joinhoney.com slash brother. Give it a try. You will, you will not be sad that you did. You'll be happy. The opposite. You'll be happy, happy you did. <laughs> well, I don't want to get you. will be Listen. You live in now, you won't be happy, yeah. but you won't be sad. How's that? Uh, hey, stamps.com is going to get you stamps without you needing to go to the post office. And that's like, that's let's just put it, the tiger on the table and yell at it. You don't need to go to the post office to get stamps for you know your letters or packages or whatever. Because stamps.com brings all the services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your own home or your office or wherever you're you're laid up right now. Stamps.com has all the services the U.S. Postal Service, except it's in your computer, and so that's what? pretty cool. Uh, use your computer. Like, and, like on Reboot? Yeah, basically like Reboot, so you have all kinds of mail carriers that live in there, and they play all your video games for you. Uh, Stamps.com will help you print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it, 24-7, no questions asked. I don't know that last part. <laughs> <laughs> they may ask a couple questions to make sure the mail gets to the right place, but anyway... Once it's ready, you just leave your mail for the mail carrier and you, or you schedule a free package pickup or you drop it in a mailbox. You don't have to touch anybody, which is great. Also, you can get uh, pretty cool discounts too with stamps.com. Five cents off every first class stamp and up to 62% off of shipping rates. Right now, you can get a special offer. Well, that's a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, type in my brother, all one word. That's stamps.com, enter my brother. Stay safe, my friends. Listen, I'm going to talk about Warby Parker in a second, but first, do you guys ever think about the, the mythology that Reboot was building that was every time you played a game on your computer, you were putting the residents of your computer at risk? Uh, every time. Okay. that That's a weird thing. <laughs> oh, you want to play that cool racing game? 
Murderer. Mm. Yeah. Now, back to Warby Parker. Warby yes. Parker was founded with the goal to create boutique quality eyewear at reven- revolutionary price points. And they did it. I, this is not a joke, am wearing Warby Parker's right now. Uh, and if you're like me and Griffin and not Justin. Why would that be a joke? <laughs> what? Why would, Why would that, that would be, be a, a really shitty, not funny oh, joke? If I said like no bullshit. Listen, this is a no bullshit zone. I'm wearing Warby Parker's. They right probably now. don't love the cursing and stuff. No okay. bullcorn. It's, cr- it's a family company, Trey. The Warby Parker is on my face right now. They're adorning my nose and improving my vision. And Griffin wears glasses too, and Justin does not. And the, the end of the Travis's end. book report on who wears glasses. My favorite thing is uh, Warby Parker doesn't just offer uh, glasses, they also offer sunglasses which I require to see when it is bright outside. They also have contact lenses and uh, eye exams. They're committed to providing exceptional vision care online and in stores. Uh, we have a Warby Parker store here in Cincinnati. Uh, so I, I love them. They're comfortable. And they have sizes big enough to fit my giant head, which I really appreciate. And they're stylish and cool. Uh, Warby Parker is committed to providing exceptional vision care online and in stores. They Their glasses start at $95. Uh, it includes prescription lenses. And like I said, they have sunglasses, progressive, and blue light lenses. Uh, so try Warby Parker's free home try-on program. Order five pairs of glasses to try on at home for free for five days. There's no obligation to buy. Ships free and includes a prepaid return shipping label. Try five pairs of glasses at home for free at warbyparker.com slash my brother. Welcome back to Fireside Chat on KMAX. With me in studio to take your calls is the dopest duo on the West Coast, Oliver Wong and Morgan Rhodes. Go ahead, caller. Hey, uh, I'm looking for a music podcast that's insightful and thoughtful, but like also helps me discover artists and albums that I've never heard of. Yeah, man. Sounds like you need to listen to Heat Rocks every week. Myself and I'm Morgan Rhodes and my co-host here, Oliver Wong, talk to influential guests about a canonical album that has changed their lives. Guests like Moby, Open Mike Eagle, talk about albums by Prince, Joni Mitchell, and so much more. Yo, what's that show called again? Heat Rocks, deep dives into hot records. Every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Uh, So a brief story before we move on. Last month, which seems like 100,000 years ago, we uh, recorded a brief interview with our dear friend, uh, Dr. James Buffett, uh, about life and how to stay calm in home, the face of calamity. Home, hope. summer vibes. Yeah, summer vibes. All to, to And a little bit about his new album, uh, Life on the Flip Side, that came out last month. Uh, and then... With uh, in the face of the the Black Lives Matter protests and um, it just uh, the, that everything going on, it didn't seem like a great time to be encouraging people to relax, to live in uh, island time necessarily. To, yes, exactly. And I I would argue that it is still not that, but we still think it's important to take a little bit of time to breathe, just so you can get back out there. And and when you need a second to breathe, uh, there's uh, nobody better. Than uh, than Jimmy Buffett to help you do that. So uh, let's uh, let's check in with Jimmy. We're joined by for an update on progress of uh, coronavirus research. We're joined by lead researcher Dr. James Buffett. Uh, Dr. Buffett, how is work going on the antidote for uh, coronavirus? Have you almost got this thing figured out? Uh, yes, I do. It's uh, 
It's jellyfish. Jellyfish. Where we least expected it. The 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 venom of the jellyfish, or is it part of like a diet, a sort of dietary situation? I think that it's the venom. I'm not supposed to say. Oh, okay. Yeah, you want to keep. Now you know what's going to happen. Now they're going to say Jimmy Buffett's found. Why why did y'all open this? And I actually (laughs) responded to that question. I'm just guessing here, Jimmy. And this is just a. This is uh, related to nothing. But have you been awarded any honorary doctorates from any universities? Are you Dr. Jimmy Buffett yet? I am. I am. Yes. Wait I knew it. it. Wait, I got one in here. Maybe it's in the room. I just got him lying around. Just like reach out. It's, it's a pile of honorary Wait, doctorates. I swear to God, it might be. He's got one under a wobbly table leg somewhere. No, no, oh no. That's the CMA award for. Uh, what was it? Country Music Association Musical <laughs> of the Year. That's, I don't know what the fuck that is. Okay. No, but I do. I have a doctorate of music from the University of Miami. Nice. Hey, all right. They don't just so open up. Dr. Dr. Jimmy Buffett Buffet. says jellyfish. <laughs> uh, how are you? Uh, how are you handling it? How are you? How are you dealing with it? You know, it's funny. No matter how good things are in my life, I usually have the thought. Well, I bet Jimmy Buffett's probably having more fun than I am right now. And I feel like this period is the one shot I have where maybe at any given moment, I might be having more fun than you are. Just in, in one moment. One, no, you're shaking no. your head no. No, no. I'm still having more fun. <laughs> no. I bet you've been in just like some boring place. You're probably in Cleveland or something. Like you're stuck landlocked in Cleveland. Malibu. Dang it. Dang it, Jimmy. This is my <laughs> uh-huh. chance. Stuck in Malibu. Now, I have heard Cleveland referred to as the Malibu of Ohio. So. Listen, I couldn't agree more. Listen, I'm, I'm very, you know, they've been very, very good to me in the state of Ohio. Yeah, for a couple of days there, I was climbing the walls. But I'll tell you what it was. Uh, I, uh, I read this article early on. You know who Scott Kelly is? You know, the astronaut? No. He's an astronaut, right? <laughs> He's that there you astronaut. go. Yeah, thank you, thanks, Travis. <laughs> he was. He is the man that has spent the the longest. The human that has spent the longest time in space. Look at us all out here now. It could be pretty like locked in, but when you're on the space station, mm-hmm. right? The interesting thing was the common sense things he put out there kind of calmed me down, and it made me think of long sailing voyages that I did, and that's exactly what I did because, like. When I used to do long trips, you know, you know, thousand miles or so down from Newport to to uh, British Virgin Islands or to St. Bart's or from Lauderdale, it's still a long trip, you know. And you're and you're on your own out there. So the way it usually started out was a party at the dock, and you got a little drunk, and you were hungover when you left, and you know, and it pretty much never uh, never ceased to fail that something major on your boat would break or a huge storm would hit you in the first day or two while you're still trying to get over your hangover. And there are times probably I was weeping to myself, going, I should be back on shore eating eggs, Benedict, the four seasons. Why am I out here? Then you have to kind of slap yourself in the face and go, hey, get it together and get in the groove. And you do. Uh, I just want to say, Dr. Buffett, this might go completely against your entire ethos, but the idea of being hung over on a boat during a storm sounds like the worst thing in the world to me. This seems like the worst thing I can imagine. There's something worse. (laughs) 
hung over on stage in front of 10,000 people. Try that one. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. Listen, that was when the police got, please, baby Jesus, if you let the adrenaline get in here and let me get through this, I swear to God, I will never do this again. <laughs> that happened at about 50, and I haven't done it since. So we yeah, we, the, we have a few more, like a decade and a half of good hard living ahead of us before we have to... Uh, yeah, have don't go life. there yet. I'm not saying stop today. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, you. it has been seven years since you've released a studio record. I think mm-hmm. Songs for Saints Somewhere yeah. was, was the last one. Um, why? Uh, and now you, you are back with Life on the Flip Side. Uh, what, what? How do you know when it's time for you to... To, to put out a record do you wait till you have enough songs or you decide yeah i gotta sit down and 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 focus on this long enough to to do one you know what uh justin it's a little bit of both because you know i was doing a, i was having a lot of fun being jimmy and uh but in the meantime there was work going on which was the musical that took a lot of time and uh that was the first four months of the year and then touring and then then we were immediately into preparing it for the road. So between that and then all of a sudden jumping into the Kygo world and becoming what, you know, they anointed me the uh, godfather of Tropical House, I enjoyed playing around in there. So I was kind of, you know, my creative stuff was going in those directions. And, and you know, before that, other things were doing it. And then it's the time flies thing. It went, damn. It's been seven years, and we were starting to write, and I had some pretty good songs. And we, you know, and it was a great thing with the Coral Reef Band. We loved being in the studio. I mean, some of the, the best times I ever had playing music was, was in that studio with my band because we built that little, little studio in Key West, and that's kind of our little magic spot. And, uh, and so we went, hell yeah, let's, let's concentrate for the rest of the time on writing and go in in January and do a record. Let's see what it does. You know, I, we've always, when we made an album, it wasn't trying to get famous or get, you know, get su- successful. Thank God that's happened. So I don't have anything to prove out there, but we just wanted to make a record that, our, you know, if you liked what we do, you can add this to your collection. So that was the driving force. And when we got into it, we, we you know, as you do something like that, I wasn't working on any other things. And I concentrated for the last seven months on writing songs. We we no. don't have like a specific like question from from the audience like we usually do uh, for for these guest segments. Uh, Is anybody listening? Who there's knows? a small Who's anybody listening? a small no. diehard contingent of you uh, can't fans. keep a fan base with qu- with no. quarantine. Well, they've Come all on, realized Jamie. they could be baking bread instead of listening to our show, and they're like, "Wait, this is more interesting." <laughs> yeah, they've all picked up new hobbies and left us behind. But that that kind of goes into the question. We uh, we also had Liz Gilbert on the show during during this quarantine and sort of talked to her about the same thing. And I'm curious your thoughts, like how you. Uh, remain creative, like how how you are sort of fostering that part of yourself in the midst of all of this. Because I know there's like a lot of our listeners who have all this time in their hands and feel like they should be using it to make something, but don't really are finding it tough to sort of get up the the guts to actually yeah. do it. Mo, I, you know, I've missed a few days, but I've 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 been pretty true to it, and that is uh, the first thing is you know to to look at how we can keep. Uh, our fan base, which already was up there, like looking at our Wednesday and Saturday shows, you know, we were a little bit ahead of the curve there with, with Margaritaville TV and Radio Margaritaville because, you know, when you can't go out, everybody kind of gathered there. 
And so we had a locked in audience. And so we wanted to entertain them. So we've been, that was one thing. And we still doing that. And the other thing was, uh, uh, I started playing the guitar more and, uh, and going over jazz chords. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And I got, well, I got this guitar. I don't have it here, but the people at, at Benedetto that make these beautiful jazz guitars, you know, they, they started in Italy, but they're made in Savannah, Georgia, and they were going to make me one. And the factory shut down and I had a loner. So I still got it. And it's this beautiful guitar. So I had this great Benedetto jazz guitar. Thank, thank you, uh, Howard Paul, who's, who's the CEO of, and, you know, they're waiting to go back to work too. So I've got this beautiful jazz guitar and, you know, I'm not a very jazz player, but I love listening to it. So I started playing a little, looking for some little augmented sevenths and chords as I was writing. I had this guitar. So I'm doing like an hour a day of just playing guitar and also an hour a day of uh, French because I, you know, I, I speak fairly good French, but this is a good time to, and I'm doing better now because I'm doing it a lot. I go up on a podcast and talk to people and I, I'm reading The Little Prince in French. Oh. <laughs> Have yeah. you thought about releasing a French jazz album? There you go. Really alienate everybody. <laughs> <laughs> How did that not cross my mind? I, I Listen, I would buy it. You call it uh, James Buffet Presents, and then you make it, and like, and I mean, I would listen to the hell out of that. Jimmy, as, as someone who's been to, to several of your concerts and has heard people just sing along with every word, I would fucking adore one night to hear you be like, hey, everybody, I'm just going to groove for the next 30 minutes. I'm just going to sit here and just going to noodle. <laughs> some of this. You all know French, right? Okay, you just know, follow, you follow along. French and jazz card. You want to see an audience move out quick, you know? <laughs> yeah. Concessions and merch sales are going to spike. Yeah, just just inject some of that into your your most beloved songs after after the <laughs> just start singing of, a chorus of Margaritaville in French. It's like what? Yeah, huh? uh, let's see. Wait, wasting away would be uh, Nippon Tonkur. It'd be uh, who cares? <laughs> Nippon Tonkur and Margaritaville. That's let's good. See, I uh, like that. Yeah, je besoin un grand vase de sel. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I love it. Quelque chose Jean dit en ferme, Corrence. C'est moi en porté. There you go. You just cut that out on Spotify. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We got something here. Oh, here we go. Oh, here you go. Lay it down. Okay. All right. Great jazz cards. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Ouh, le sel. Where's my salt? <laughs> this is great. This is good, though. This that, really that, good. that hit Jimmy that Buffett single, a, Where's My Soul? 18,000 people out, quick. Yep. <laughs> Listen, you might have to start in much smaller clubs for a yeah, while. you gotta build back up. <laughs> oh, James Buffet <laughs> like, could be your Chris Gaines. What yes, do you think? Oh, my exactly. God. Oh, don't even new. talk about Chris Gaines. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're such speak it out. You are such a fan and so heartbroken when that phase of his career was so short-lived. <laughs> I'll never forget when Jimmy Buffett found out that it was just Garth Brooks the whole time. He was crushed. Hey, uh one what, what before we let you go, Jimmy, one last thing. Just in I, I think of you as we've talked about your heart rate before, uh in detail. Um this can be a stressful time. We've talked about keeping busy. 
what would be your advice for people that are feeling stressed, feeling kind of pent up and losing it? How do you, how do you, how do people keep calm? Well, you know, I, I think that keep, keep a little bit busy, but do something, you know, and, uh, and do something, you know, like reading to me. If I mean, if you're, if you start there and you don't have the ability to get out or do anything else, read good books, you know, and if you're not a reader, start reading because, it can take you there. It really can. We all know that, uh, you know, to me, great writers read and listen, you know. And that's what I start first at reading. I mean, if that was basic, you know, and then uh, if you got room, uh, get a ping pong table. Okay. <laughs> okay. Jerry, this covered. is the second time you've recommended reading on our show, and I'm so I can't. I'm so fed up. It's the it's the least you, you know, want to read. Okay, okay. Forget reading. Yeah, I want to cut that out, and make it my ringtone. Just now, Jimmy. I'll tell you what. Let's get back to the ping pong table, okay? Okay. <laughs> so, thank you. Uh, the Buffett family are all ping pong players, except my wife. But my kids and I, and then even my dogs can chase the ball. Right? My dogs are here. You want to see them? <gasps> yes. That's crazy. Oh. Yeah. Watch this. Let me see if this will work. Wait. Let's see. Hey, Gracie Lola, beach. Want to go to the beach? <laughs> 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 They're unmoved. Nothing's happened, Jimmy. Tree, tree. <laughs> I think they're asleep, Jimmy. <laughs> Wait, Jimmy, those are stuffed dogs, pal. You've been in. You've been locked up for too long. Yeah. Oh, they uh, are stuffed dogs. I forgot. No, no, no. No. Okay. The other. Yeah, but they make little. My son has one in his apartment here, and he showed it to me. But it's a little ping pong table. It's got to be maybe four feet by three feet. That also pops open and it, and it has little pool cues and you, and you can shoot pool on it. They don't huh. cost much either. Yeah, I know something that people could do to help with their anxiety, and that is to pick up uh, "Life on the Flip Side," the new studio album by Jimmy Buffett. In I was about to say in stores. Don't do that. No, nope. <laughs> just, just you know buy it on 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 the internet uh, wherever fine albums are sold. <laughs> okay. Where- Where's that these days? <laughs> yeah, Justin. okay, well, fair enough. I don't know. Right. I'm a podcast guy, Jimmy. I don't know. We give our All stuff right. out for free. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, thank, but thank you so much for joining us. As as always, it is is a, a treat and a delight. Yeah, well, thanks. I'll just stay in touch with you guys, and always. I love listening to the show, and uh, best to everybody out there. And uh, hopefully you'll get back on the road, too. When you do, yeah, it'll be hoping. a big, big, t- they'll be ready for you. Co-headliners, oh. the tour Co-headliners. America's been waiting for. You can open. You can open for us anytime. Yeah, we'll I was going to say the same to you, Jimmy. Yeah, let's yeah. not. Let's not worry I, it'll be about a competition the between that and and your uh, French jazz to see who can clear the place out the quickest. <laughs> okay, yeah. You're the one that made me do that. You guys, yeah, y'all are. Evil. You did great. Uh, yeah, I, I liked yours. Uh, yeah. All right, Th- thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> Fins up. Uh, thanks, guys. Always great. Great to see you. Stay safe. Bye. Uh, here is a question. I'm in the process of writing a fairly serious fantasy novel yeah. set in classic olden times. Yeah. My problem is this. What is the best word to use when referring to a character's butt? This is a fairly serious scene, so I don't want to sound anachronistic or suggestive. At the same time, I don't want to sound stuffy or puritanical. Mm-hmm. So what's my best option? That's from Chasing Tail Words in Chattanooga. Um, Clef. First off, I will say congratulations on being what I assume is the only fantasy author 
in Chattanooga. You're doing oh, that's that's I don't even know, well, I don't even know how to begin diagnosing what that was What's a that slam mean? on what that was a just didn't seem like you hear about a lot of a lot of fantasy authors from Chattanooga. I mean, there's probably not. Yeah, but a lot why from would you even? Areas. Why would you even say that? Just killing time. Okay, it's fucking mean though to Chattanooga. It's not mean. How is it mean? It's not even judgmental. It's mean to Chattanooga and the people who why? live there writing fantasy. Why novels. is it mean to Chattanooga to say that I don't think there's a lot of fantasy authors? There? I, I mean, it's maybe a mild burn, but you didn't even need to say it. You didn't even. Just, you didn't even need to. What What's blowing me away is you didn't even need to be mean to Chattanooga, and you decided I'm not being to do mean it to Chattanooga to say there's not a lot of fantasy. Uh, there, like. There's not a lot of serial that? killers did from you, Huntington. Did you do your own census in Chattanooga done just by Justin McRae? Juice, I hope it was before COVID because that's a lot of human exposure that you did when you went door to door asking who was fantasy novelist. I'm, in I'm not helping with this one anymore. You guys come up with butt names on your own. I'm muting. Here, so do you hear, hear I've got some synonyms for butt here. Yeah. Backside. But, 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 backside. Okay, but let's set the terminology here. Justin, okay. please come back. Justin. It's not my fault you were mean to Chattanooga, so you can't take this out on both of us because you realize how uh, shitty you are being to Chattanooga. No, it's just Travis and Griffin, as usual. It's not a big, I've muted myself out. It's not a problem, but it's just fucking Travis and Griffin. You know, the classic stuff. Yeah, I was dunking on Chattanooga. Us- this usual shit. Yeah, I hate it too. Who it's do you think he's talking to, Griffin? <laughs> it's a shit, shit ball town that no fantasy authors go to. All right. You can't, that's why I'm surprised there's not more fantasy authors. Just so they can pretend to be anywhere else. He probably called John Scalzi. John Scalzi. I didn't hear. No, nobody's (laughs) talking about John Scalzi. Why would you, sweetheart, why would you say John Scalzi? There's nobody talking about John Scalzi. Yeah, Old Man's War is dope, though. You're right. Derriere. Derriere is funny. I mean, that's the thing. Are you trying, when you're doing this serious um, sexual fantasy novel, are you trying to, is it like a funny scene? They said it's a fairly serious scene, so that probably rules out Tushy, which yeah. the thesaurus.com recommended. Now, let That's me throw up. this out. Haunches. Fuck. See, I should have stayed muted because I was going to use haunches. Ah. That was my haunch. Like, he showed his haunch <laughs> in a serious way. What about his cleft, which I said earlier, and I stand by his bottom cleft? Um, I want to the- know, what is the scene? Okay. What is the scene that's not funny and it's not suggestive? It's just a regular serious scene about butts. Yeah, oh, it's sexual. I mean, like there, but that like he takes off his he takes off no, his pants. No, does not want him to be suggestive. So it's not sexual. Mm. It's a fairly serious. Oh, so like he is being stripped nude uh, to be brought before the the king's King, court council, the, the official butts. Oh, then it's Keister. His keys? No, no, that's not. I'm the KBI. I'm the King's Butt Inspector. Fanny. I'm the FBI. The Fiefdom Butt Inspector. <laughs> <laughs> is the problem it... is the the only thing that I'm seeing that I think like is fairly serious is like bottom, but that just sounds like a like so infantile. Bottom. What about ooh posterior? No, no. What's wrong with that? Like a a, Overly uh, clinical. A yep. big thing that uh like authors like to do whenever they're talking about somebody's uh, privates or back privates is they will say, they will use like metaphor and be like his big pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And it like if I were they to do s- that all that you're right, Griffin, all the time. I'm seeing <laughs> yeah. that. The king's the king's counselor stri- stripped the bad knight of his clothes and exposed his wormy and his big pumpkin. <laughs> then I think people would know which one is the penis and which one is the butt, right? Yeah. We're all, Man- hey guys, we're all adults here. We all know what the big pumpkin is. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. It's what Linus worships. It's now let best. me throw this out. You need to maybe add a gerund in there. Oh. That will make it seem more serious and fantasy and stuff. So if you say like exposing his quivering cheeks, mm. right now it's like, ooh, that's some writing. That's it. you can't just say exposing his butt. That's nothing, right? That's just that's first draft. Exposing uh, his his uh, no, I can come up with his quivering cheeks. I mean, you could just say his uh, his big fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> his like, juicy not? dumper. No. no, no, not his dumper juicy is dumper. not the right vibe. I think just saying like he takes off his uh, pants before the king's council and re- uh, reveals his big f- his fat ass. Yeah. <laughs> then people are gonna read that and like it may catch him off guard, but they'll be like, "Oh, this is a character development trait I didn't know about." But now when I think about them, I am gonna think about. Um, it explains a lot of their choices. It explains a lot, of yeah. And like that fight scene that I envisioned earlier when I was reading the words and like trying to figure out what it looked like in my mind. Now that I know <laughs> that he's packing heat in them Jordashes, like then it's gonna change a lot of what that fight looks it like. Makes so much sense because the entire book they've been carrying themselves like someone with a fat ass, yeah. and I never. I thought he was just it. kind of full of him himself and a little bit of a braggart but it turns out right no he got that fat ass when he kills a dragon with a spear and you know he's got he, some heathen levi's in there uh-huh. then you <laughs> are going to think about the fight in a different way is all i'm saying That's and true. and you know and i know what you're saying question as you're like i don't want it to be funny so let me give you this suggestion a lot of the times uh, as a reader i don't know if something is supposed to be like what the tone is supposed to be until someone else responds to it so here's what i suggest uh he uh, removed his pantaloons before the inspector revealing like his that, fat ass. And then you have the inspector say, well, this is very serious. <laughs> this is a se- That's a serious ass. <laughs> well, I see. This is very serious. That's a serious, serious chunk of back meat. Mm-hmm. Nothing funny about that ass. <laughs> Just a regular Those ass. are two this- serious butt cheeks. Well, Witcher. <laughs> This is a very serious ass you've brought before us. I must speak with the council to decide how to deal with that ass. Witcher. Uh, Witcher. Well, bounce a coin off your witcher's ass. Uh, oh, Valley so for- of Plenty. Still works. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We hope you've enjoyed yourself against all odds. Thank you to Jimmy Buffett. His new album, Life on the Flipside, is available now wherever you listen to music. Uh, check out all the other amazing shows on MaximumFun.org. Uh, there's lots to check out there. Let's see. Uh, Minority Corner. Uh, there's, uh, you know, other ones. Uh, Jordan, Jesse, oh, that was Go. Bad. Wow. So bad. Try again. Try I said again. Jordan, Jesse, Go. Uh, Bubble, uh, which, you know, there's not like new episodes or anything, but it's still great. Still worth a listen. Why are you so bad at talking about the other shows on the Maximum Fun I Network? I don't know, Griffin. <laughs> Go to MacroyMerch.com. You know what I like? Uh, Heat Rocks. Heat Rocks. You're listening to Heat Rocks? Great way to discover new music, I've found, personally. You can go to MacroyMerch.com, see all of our merchandise there, including a Good Out Here t-shirt, as well as a Phantasmal and Resplendent pen, both of those uh, from the Adventure Zone, and the proceeds of which are going to the Trevor Project. So make sure to check those out. 
Uh, what else, boys? Uh, yeah, check out also the Foundation for Black Women's Wellness. We'll have a link to that uh, in the epi- episode description. And uh, think about supporting them also. Um, yeah. Did we thank John Roderick in the Long Winters? No, because... For the use of the theme song, off, it's a departure off the album within the days. The, the one and the same. Thanks, John in the Long Winters. Um, do y'all want that final? Yes, yeah, please. absolutely. Well, let me fucking find it. Okay. Hold the, hold the fucking phone. Okay. Uh, here's another uh, Emma Camp joint to close us out. Thank you, Emma. It's from Yahoo Answers user Samantha who asks, can you get a tongue piercing if your tongue isn't healthy? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Travis I'm Griffin Mac. Is that too gross? Should I do a different one? No, it's you already said it. This has been my brother, my brother, me. Kiss your dad square on the lips. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.